0: Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon, by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from the Good, the Bad, and the Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disc Chimera, GC Freak 898 The Saturnian, Dave Jackson, Eric Gass, and Rick Firestone. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It's the Retro Hangover Flight, and it is me, Chris, and I am here today with the infamous Dick Dragon himself, Shane Kosky. Nice nice rolled R. It was was very cultural. Yes, it makes me totally white uh, (laughs) trying to impersonate people who aren't. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, that... That is our introduction, and if you're not already turned off, uh, (laughs) then thanks for joining us for our list of top five licensed games, because that's what the flight is. We take a subject that is chosen and voted on by our patrons, and we do our top five of it, whatever it may be. And thankfully, it hasn't gotten weird. I know we've promised you weird topics, but it hasn't gotten out of control yet. So I guess thank you.
1: I mean, uh, we we appreciate it that 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 may also be partially because i am in control of which topics get sent out for voting that that may have something to do with it too
0: yes it might be so which space aliens would you like to have butt sex with is not something you'll probably put on the voting block
1: i mean i don't know you never know we we might just run out know. of ideas
0: so at some point, we're going to have to put it up there. That's not actually one of our topics, but now well, to it's going to honest, be. Not, yeah, now it will be, but it's not far off from some of them. <laughs> um, but at, at any case, we are going to be talking about what I already mentioned, our top five licensed games. But before we do that, as we mentioned, this is going to be a debut announcement, Shane. ooh, uh, I know that there have been some rumblings. Our patrons kind of already know about it, but this is the official announcement here. We are coming out with the third installment of the king of games bah, bah, bah. yes it's going to be the king of games 1992 and it's going to be coming to patreon on december 1st so if you want to listen to the episodes for the king of games early go to patreon sign up you can find it or link tree at linktree slash retro hangover and all patrons will get this no matter what level you're at so uh, come by and listen to it it's a big project Lots of different podcasts and content creators are part of this. And I think it's I think it's been a lot of fun and we're probably gonna get yelled at quite a bit just knowing how that tournament went. But you're gonna love it. It's a lot of fun. I look forward to having you join us for that. So once again, December 1st comes out for patrons and uh later on after that.
1: Uh yeah, definitely, for sure. Um this was I mean as with the the previous King of Games, which by the way, if you haven't gone back and listened to those yet, you you really should, because that was a good one. Um, King of the games 2000 was, was quite the year and, uh, 92, as it turns out also a banger. So, uh, you know, keep, keep an ear out for that We'll be dropping, like you said, at the beginning of December. And, um, we're, we're very excited. There was a lot of really excellent collaboration going on. A lot of good podcasts came together to make this thing happen. Um, and also things get fucking buck wild. So definitely <laughs> strap in for that. But uh, yeah,
0: good times <laughs> all around. So let's get right into this and start talking about our top five licensed games of all time. So Shane, how about you kick this one off? Well, since you asked.
1: Number five. I am going to start off my list of licensed games that are not complete garbage with Terminator 2 Judgment Day Arcade. You know what's funny is in my my sort of research for this particular episode, because I needed to jog my memory of some of these things, uh, this one like didn't come up at all. And I am ashamed of all of you, mostly YouTubers, for not even talking about this, because this game was hella fun. And I have a lot of, you know, personal fond memories of it. Um, I think I've related this story before on the show, but there was, uh, the one bowling alley that we had in my hometown and they had a Terminator two arcade cabinet for quite a long time. So it, it sort of became part of the ritual. Every time we went bowling over there, um, for me to at least get one or two games of T2 Arcade in. And, man, you know, what really makes that experience, because I know they ported it, I think, to some home consoles at some point or whatever, but that shit sucks. Like, you need to play Mm -hmm. it on the actual arcade cabinet with those big, like, chonky-ass guns that are, like, attached to the top with, like, the the, the force feedback when you're shooting with, like, the red button on the side for missiles. And, ah, God, it was... That's such a good arcade cabinet. Um, so a lot of good memories from that one. There are definitely some Terminator games that were total trash. Uh that LJN one for Super Nintendo comes to mind that I still have the cartridge for. But um but this one, this this was this was a solid use of the IP.
0: I could definitely see some people not really knowing why you would say that, because if they grew up with it and only played on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, it's It's uh, it's what you get from a light gun game on a Genesis for the Super Nintendo, I guess. Yeah. So it's not good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't don't do that. If you can ever if you can ever find an actual cabinet that that is you you will your opinion will change. I guarantee you.
0: Yeah, it's the only way to go. All right. My number five is a game that probably many people don't think of as a licensed game. Mm. Um, Spoiler, that's going to be the next pick as well. Uh, But it's going to be Parasite Eve. Mm. And anyone I have to this is the obligatory JRPG pick, of course, for me, Uh, Square Enix has to make it into every episode or at least an RPG does. I'm contractually obliged to the JRPG gods. It's true. But if you haven't played Parasite Eve before, uh, you'll you're kind of missing out. I know it's a PS1 game and, you know, a lot of people may not like that. It's not so modern, but it's more modern than you may think. We did our review of this not too long ago. I know Shane liked it. I've heard a lot of other people who don't even typically like retro games really like it when they try it in the modern era so you can still get it on the ps3 store online store on the psn there if you can find a way to add funds and look for it so that might be the best way you can play it because it's only available there but if you're wondering where the license comes from it was originally a novel that was released back in 1995 and the author was hideaki i probably screwed the let me try this again i'm screwing this up hideaki hideaki sena there it is Uh, And if I'm wrong, um, well, I'm going to stay wrong. Uh, So that's that's where it originated. And was a movie that came out in 1997 and then Square got the license and for the game that was released in 1998. And that's why you probably haven't seen any Parasite Eve games past the third birthday. And a lot of people say that's probably a good thing because the third birthday is supposed to be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I owe Randall a review of that. Sorry, Randall. He's one of our patrons and he's great. Uh, But yeah, that's also why the third birthday is called the third birthday is because the license expired. So there you go. You may have learned that a great game in your JRPG library is a licensed game and didn't even know it. Number four.
1: All right, coming in at my number four uh, is, well, technically it's two games, but, but for me personally, it's just one of the two. Uh, but I picked Aladdin for the Super Nintendo. Could, Genesis. As you say, you could also say Genesis that this also may be a slight mini preview of a conversations coming up at some point, but, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, man, I played so much of this game. Um, obviously I owned the cartridge when I was younger and it's just really, really well done. Um, I had no experience with the Genesis version, so obviously I'm extremely biased, but, just, like, there isn't really there isn't really a bad level in the entirety of the game. Like, it's it's difficult. Uh, there's no, like, two ways about that. But I played it enough, much like Contra 3, that, you know, I could get through it in one sitting with, like, no, you know, I didn't need to write down the damn passwords, which was, like, a whole grid system to, like, keep track of. Um, but the gameplay itself was actually really solid. You can get through it in, like, I don't know, probably a half hour or something if you're, if you're good. Um, and each of the levels were very distinct and it also changed things up a lot too. You had like the, the carpet escape level from the, uh, the cave of wonders later on, you had like the genie level, which was very vertical where a lot of the other levels are mostly horizontal with a little bit of verticality, but that one was like almost entirely vertical, which was a really cool change of pace. And then the boss fight at the end with like the big ass snake Jafar was always a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really great use of, of a Disney property, um, that don't always necessarily get that kind of treatment. Lion King comes to mind because it's a visually well put together game, but that game is also cheap as fuck, um, as far as difficulty goes, Uh, So, yeah, Aladdin for Super Nintendo is is my number four.
0: So my number four, as promised, this is going to be a game that you probably didn't know is licensed. I think I may have mentioned this on the show before, but I'm not sure. But my number four game for license game is Blazing Lasers for the TurboGrafx-16. You might be asking, what game, what license is Blazing Lasers based off of? Well, good question, dear listener. Well, for those of you who did not know and care, uh, the license is based off of is a movie in Japan called Gunhead, which is G-U-N-H-E-D, which is also the name of the Japanese release. And it was a movie that was pretty much released concurrently with the game in July of 1989. I don't know how closely related they are. And I don't really care because Blazing Lasers is a fantastic game. I need to go watch the movie because I love the game so much. I don't have high hopes for it, if I'm being honest with you. But the fact that it produced an amazing game, one of my favorite shmups of all time, if not my favorite shmup ever made, uh, it's definitely a licensed game that has earned its credentials for being a good one, even if no one knows is actually a licensed title.
1: That's that is impressive. I, I had no idea that was the case.
0: Who would? I mean, we never got Gunhead here in the States. And obviously the name of the game wasn't Gunhead. And even if it was, I don't think anyone would have known. True. So there you go. All right. Number three.
1: Well, moving on to the uh, smack dab in the middle of my list of uh, surprisingly decent licensed games. One might assume, if you've heard me talk at all on this show, that this would have been a little bit higher, uh, but I think when you hear my, my my top two picks, you might understand why it's here, but I went with Kingdom Hearts, so uh, kind of, I guess, staying in the same vein as as Disney-licensed properties is concerned. This one, I mean, of course, from just becoming a, a giant franchise in its own right and having a pretty pretty huge fan base... Um, myself included, even though we understand that the lore is a complete clusterfuck, uh, but yes. by and large, they're they're pretty good action RPGs. And at the time, it was a very novel thing to have uh, Disney characters mixed with Square Enix characters and a brand new set of characters all kind of thrown together. And somehow it actually worked uh, surprisingly well. And it was also viewed at the time as a huge risk, I think, on all fronts. And fortunately, it turned out uh, for the best. And so we kind of are where we are now. Um, But yeah, so I, I, I wanted to include that here. You might be surprised, and I'll talk a little bit more about this, I think, towards the end of the episode, maybe as like a pseudo honorable mentions thing. But I had some other games on this list that would have taken these spots. But then I realized that I wanted to, A, not be super predictable and B wanted to pick games that were very important to me personally, rather than just like what I thought were the, you know, generally accepted, like good licensed games. So that's why my list actually changed significantly in the course of my decision making. But uh, Kingdom Hearts ultimately lands smack dab in the middle at number
0: three. Yeah, I got to, you know, just echo a lot what you're about to say. I'm not getting my number three, you know, not yet, because I will in a second of course but uh yeah I know there's probably a ton of better licensed games than the one I the ones I picked but I picked the ones I played and enjoyed and could remember mm. to make a list. So uh yeah Kingdom Hearts man that's that is a solid pick. It's kind of on the edge of being a licensed game or not but I definitely it has a Disney license so it totally counts. Uh and it is a good game. I like the first Kingdom Hearts. Uh, probably talking about it a lot better than we did in our episode, but you should go listen to that because we did cover it.
1: (laughs) Well, I figure if you can pick Parasite Eve, then I can pick pick Kingdom Hearts.
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You pick Kingdom Hearts. Uh, At my number two pick, you're going to say, yeah, it's the same thing. I'm like, yes, it is. You're absolutely correct. Mm, But Okay. All right. So my number three pick is a kind of, I don't know, a pick that everyone nowadays would probably see coming a million miles away from pretty much anyone who talks video games this is your corporate answer it's batman arkham asylum Mm. uh probably well most people would probably say arkham city i like asylum a little bit more than city i do think city is a good game but i i do like the compactness of asylum versus city i like uh, i like more have like having more restrictions. I like having more barriers and everything like that and just having a more cohesive experience in my mind. I'm not a big open-world guy. That's what I'm trying to say. So Batman Arkham Asylum is a game that I, I absolutely had a, a phenomenal time with. I really enjoyed it. And it's it's up there in one of my favorite Xbox 360 games of all time, if I'm being perfectly honest. It's just not one I constantly think of when I think of really good games. But it is a really good game. And if you haven't played it, you should give it a shot, especially if you like beat-em-ups. Because this is kind of where the 3D beat-em-up went, and it's kind of the best iteration of what possibly happened with it. So not only is it a great license game, it's just a phenomenal game overall.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Actually, I, I had the Arkham series on my list, like, right up until the last minute when I shifted a bunch of stuff around. So um, I'm definitely on board with that. Number two. Okay, number 2. Here we are. We're we're almost towards the end. Uh I just said fuck it and picked an entire series because I think it's worth it. <laughs> uh the Lego games. Just like all nice. like all of them. Yeah, nice picks. They're they're all fantastic. I mean, you have to like that style of, you know, sort of collectathon 3D platforming kind of gameplay, but honestly, if you're listening to this show, there's a pretty good chance that you are around in the heyday of the 3D platformer collectathons. So I feel like that's not too far of a stretch. And I've played a ton of these, and they are all just great. Like, and here's the thing, right? As I was thinking about this, they don't necessarily do a whole lot different. Like all of the Lego games, whether it's, you know, Lego Harry Potter or Indiana Jones or Star Wars or Batman or Marvel or whatever, by and large, they all follow the same formula. Each license, which is funny, by the way, because this is technically a double license game, if you really think about it, because you got Lego, then another license. Um, But each one that they pick... Has some little iteration on the formula, they kind of add to it to kind of give it its own flavor, but for the most part, they're they're kind of the same. But here's the thing it's like they don't need to change because they're just good at what they do. And I was thinking in my head, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was thinking in terms of music, and if anybody knows me, they know I'm big into metal and everything. And I was thinking, you know, this is like it's like hate breed. Like Hatebreed's been around, and all the any metal head listeners here probably know what I'm talking about. So shout out to to, sure. to the KG Beast, by the way. But like <laughs> Hatebreed has been around since like '95, I think, and they have made basically been making the same album for like 20, almost 30 years, and nobody cares because they're just good. Their formula is solid. They know what they're about, and they consistently put out good. Just you know, baseline fucking metallic hardcore, and everybody's fine with that. So I guess what I'm saying is Lego is the hate breed of video games, which is the hot take that no one was expecting today and was probably really funny and interesting to like five people, but I'm going with it. So Lego at number two.
0: You're going to, and if you don't know what hate breed is, that will require context. So don't just... Tell people that and quote Shane. Be like, the <laughs> no, Lego games are the hate breed of video games. No,
1: please do that. I'd love to see the reactions.
0: <laughs> All right, on to my number two. And I told you, Shane, that you know me telling you that Kingdom Hearts is, is kind of on a line. This is kind of going down that same line. Mm. It's Marvel versus Capcom mm. 2. It's definitely a Marvel licensed game, if you could not tell. If you don't know what Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is it, is, it is a fighting game. It's probably one of the, I, don't, I wouldn't say best on a technical level, but one of the most fun arcade fighting games 2D fighters ever created. This is personally my favorite 2D fighter ever made. It's fun, it's frantic, it uses all those Marvel characters you know and love. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. If they were in a cartoon show, they're probably in Marvel vs. Capcom, too. And you get to pit them against Street Fighter characters. Now, if you don't like fighting games, you probably don't give a shit about this. But I did like fighting games, and I did love this game. And just to say any more than that, I, I really can't. It's just a really good game that uses the Marvel license. And it's a fighting game that does fighting game stuff. You know, your quarter circle forward, your dragon punches, your quarter circle back. That's that's what it is. Uh, Flashy super moves. Uh just, you know, sprites all over the place, stupid combos that I can't execute. So I just, you know, completely, I, I spam a bunch of projectiles and, and hope they don't get to me. And I know people hate that in the fighting game community, but that's as good as I am, damn it. And that's what you're getting because it's Marvel versus Capcom 2. And I'm just going to be Iceman the entire time and make people furious or Gambit or Iron Man and more again. There you go. Number one.
1: Okay. Here we are. It's the number 1. Mm. It's a it was, it was a tough it was a tough fight, a tough battle to get to the top of the list because you know what's funny is in looking through a lot of these I found out there are actually a lot more good licensed games than I think one might suppose. Like o- oh, yeah. over the last couple of decades or so, you know, we've actually gotten a really decent amount of solid licensed games. And there's this thing of like, you know, everybody just assumes they're trash. And I think that's a holdover from a long time ago. And don't, you know, get me wrong. There's still a lot of just, you know, shovelware cash grabs out there, but we have actually gotten quite a few really solid offerings. And so it made it a little difficult to kind of put this list together. But ultimately I couldn't not put this here It's got Knights of the Old Republic. It's got to go there. Star Wars is like, there are a lot of actually good Star Wars games. Uh, TIE Fighter comes to mind. Um, But like Knights of the Old Republic, man, that is, it's damn near close to a perfect like Bioware style RPG. And I say that because obviously JRPGs are kind of their own breed. Um, But as far as Western RPGs go, it's, it is... One of, if not the best, I think. And it set the stage for probably the only other thing that could top it in my mind, which is Mass Effect. And uh, yeah, it's it, even if you don't give a shit about Star Wars, the game itself and the story it tells is fantastic. And with the totally unexpected twist that occurs, it's one of the best in gaming, frankly. And it's, in my opinion, it is Bioware at like, near their peak i want to say that i i and i think chris would agree with me on this one but i think i think mass Mm. effect was really their peak but yes knights of the old republic is really fucking close um now you might be wondering why turtles in time is not my number one (laughs)
0: yeah shane
1: um yeah yeah if you've heard me talk for more than 15 minutes you're probably flabbergasted that turtles is not my number one licensed game and you know it's valid. It's valid. But that was, that was a conscious choice on my behalf, because if you've been listening to this show long enough, then you could have probably just, you could have just expected that you were going to guess it. And that doesn't make for good content. So I purposefully removed a couple of things, actually Ninja Turtles and GoldenEye from my list, uh, for that reason, because are they good? Yes. Uh, are they in my top licensed games? Yes, but I wanted to to give you fine listeners uh, you know some some spice, a little bit of just shaking it up, you know, keep you on your toes. So if anything, I guess they can go into my honorable mentions. But uh, hmm. yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, man, that's it's a hell of a game.
0: So I'm gonna tell you, fuck your content because <laughs> my number one is Turtles in Time.
1: Ah, well, somebody do, got
0: it. I- so I, I do agree that GoldenEye doesn't deserve to be on this list because the other day I took it to the restroom and it worked far better uh, as as a shit collector than it did on my <laughs> N64, at least as of uh, recently. I feel that's a little harsh, but all right, yeah. I'm probably pretty accurate. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it's Turtles in Time for me. This is probably my second favorite beat-em-up of all time. Uh, I don't want to reiterate the Streets of Rage 2 is my favorite, but there, I just did it. Look, every kid loved the Turtles back in the late 80s, early 90s. And this is one of those games that did the license justice. And at the time, it was really at the time. This was the heyday of the Turtles having good games, actually. Yeah, all three of them. the The arcade game. And then, well, the Manhattan Project haven't played, so I'm not going to speak on that. But yeah, the arcade game Turtles in Time and the Hyperstone Heist. Hyperstone Heist is is pretty much you know uh, that game that is it's we it's there. It's but, it's uh,
1: Dollar General <laughs> Turtles in Time. There,
0: <laughs> there it is. Uh, that's not an accurate statement. It's kind of like they were like, hey, Sega Genesis owners, uh, we here at Konami know you exist. And here's here's a game that's kind of like it. But that's why Turtles in Time is a better product than Hyperstone Heist is far better than its arcade release. And I I can still play this game and I still love it. And that's that speaks a lot to the overall quality of the game. And what can I say? It's it's my number one licensed game here for a reason. It's really damn good. It's really fun today, especially if you like the old school beat em ups. Uh, you could say it really doesn't compare to the more modern ones, and I I would hate to agree with you, but because this is one of those games I played a lot back in the day, as a child, I this is my this is one of my go tos if I ever just want to play a game. So Turtles in Time, it's really easy. Uh, it's a really easy pick for me. Uh, no cap for real for real, as the kids would say. I wouldn't <laughs> lie to you about my picks, unlike certain people, but that's okay <laughs> uh, because. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that because I don't care about predictability. Damn it. You wanted a list. You got it. My number one picks the Wii U. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's 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 turtles and die. Uh, I mean,
1: that's a, it's a good pick. I like it. Yeah. Um, also some other games that were briefly on my list, but got shuffled out because I can only pick five. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to DuckTales on the NES Absolutely. Also a really great licensed game. Um, as I said, I did have the Arkham series on here for a little bit. Um, what else was there? I know I had, I know I had something else. I don't know. Like I said, there were so many Goldeneye dropped off, but it would have been, I had it at like my number two for quite a long time. Um, despite what Chris might have to say about it. So, (laughs) um, yeah, anyway, point is, is you know what? There's, there's a lot of good licensed material out there. Um, So, you know, just stay away from all the the shovelware bullshit and you'll you'll be all right. But uh, I guess that would bring us to our conclusion for this episode of The Flight. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our top five licensed games that are not total dumpster fires. Um, If you uh, agree or disagree with our picks, you know, let us know and let us know what your picks are. We'd love to hear about it. And, uh, you know, probably the easiest way to do that apart from just getting in touch on like social media or something like Instagram is, uh, just join our discord. It's a good time. There's a lot of people in there. We're chatting like all day, every day, and we've got things like the monthly high score challenge going on, uh, which as the time of recording of this, we are voting for the new game of November. So there you go. So you can get in on that, um, you know, post your high score. You can get a chance to, uh, to, to win A Steam key, as well as uh, you know, be immortalized in our Hall of Fame channel in the in the RHP Discord, Uh, and that's along with all our other stuff, including the Patreon, which again you should join now if you want to get in on that sweet sweet King of Games 1992 action when December rolls around. Then, uh, you know, you find all that, as Chris said, at the link tree. So just head on over to link.tr slash e or <laughs> that's not the URL. So head on over to <laughs> link.tr.ee. I'm keeping that in slash retro hangover, <laughs> uh, to, to, to find all the things because we're good at talking. Cause this is a podcast and it's spoken word format. And we've been doing it for like, what, almost eight years now. And we're almost. absolutely, definitely professionals that never get anything
0: wrong. <laughs> never, never. We never will never have even. That's right. So, uh, anyway,
1: I guess, uh, Chris, anything else you want to throw in here before we, uh, before we land this bitch?
0: Not really. I think you covered all of it, dude. Great. We're there. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, I suppose until next time.
0: Play with your, we're really learning to talk at some point joysticks. Never.